Bigfoot Society would like to thank the following sponsors for helping make the podcast possible. The Singular Fortean Society has combined open and honest paranormal investigation and journalism since 2016. Visit the Society at Singular Fortean for all the latest weird news and more. Come with us and investigate the impossible. Lauren Smith is the hostess for Nightcaller's Bigfoot Radio, which has been on air for over a decade and has completed over 300 shows. Lauren brings with her a unique viewpoint given that she is not only the daughter of one of the veteran female Bigfoot researchers in the South, but she has been conducting field research since she was a preteen some 20 years ago. Nightcallers is a Bigfoot world favorite and along with interviewing researchers and witnesses often features interviews with guests from the documentary film and entertainment industry. Lauren also does a vidcast segment called Nightcallers which features real encounters sent in by viewers. You can find all of this and more at nightcallersproductions.com. Thanks for coming back to another episode of the Bigfoot Society Podcast. We have the pleasure of talking to Mr. Les O'Dell from West Virginia Cryptids and Strange Encounters tonight. And you're going to love this episode. We talk about all different cryptids and crazy stuff from West Virginia, the epicenter of cryptozoology in the U.S. Although, is it really? I guess we'll find that out because some people will probably say it's the Pacific Northwest. We'll figure it out tonight. So grab yourself a beverage or a snack or both and enjoy this <laughs> this interview. Okay, so settle down. <laughs> let's let's talk to Les on Bigfoot Society. <laughs> hey, hey, hey! Welcome to Bigfoot Society Live. Uh, we have an awesome show for you all tonight. Wow, we got people ready and raring to go. They are wanting to see Les Odell from West Virginia, Cryptids and Strange Encounters. Uh, This is going to be a fun, fun show. Uh, If someone could let me know in the chat if they can hear me and uh, if we are sounding good before we get chugging along. Uh, We've got a few people in the chat here. we got Mystery Scholar saying... or. Saying woot, what's up? What's up? We got Mothman 46. Let's go. All right, all right, all right. Yeah, someone, uh, just if you would uh, be uh, so kind as to chat, chat and let me know that we are sounding good. And again, a reminder that, uh, oh, holy mackerel, we are having people chat now. Okay. Tate Hieronymus says, I can hear you. Greg from all dot the dot weird says, Hey, bud, Mothman 46 says, You sound a thousand percent. Tate Hieronymus, but you sound terrible. Wink, I'll never tell. Uh, Gabriel Ringenberg, sorry if I mispronounced your name, friend. Good evening, I hear you good. Well, hey, that's good. I say we're good to go. But uh, super excited for for all of you to be in the chat. And uh, again, if you have questions for Les as we go along, please uh, definitely put those in and make sure you put the word question uh, in big caps so I can see it. And I will sprinkle those in uh, as we go along. But uh, also, uh, before going any further, I have the uh, privilege of, uh, we'll say, next show. Next week, I have Mr. Robert Leiterman from the Bluff Creek Project uh, on the interview seat. So we'll be talking about uh, the Patterson-Gimlin film site and all that good stuff. Be a good, good time. Um, But yeah, let's go ahead and bring... Uh, Mr. Les Odell, before I do, make sure that you are subscribed to this channel. Hit the subscribe button. Um, hit the 
uh, thumbs up button and uh, share this uh, in any groups that you're in on Facebook, on Twitter. Uh, let's get the word out about uh, less tonight. Uh, Greg says, question, why are you so awesome, Jeremiah? I know it. people want to know. I want to know. But Greg, I appreciate you. So uh, let's go ahead and let's bring Mr. Les Odell from West Virginia Cryptids and Strange Encounters on. Les, hello. How's it going, friend? I'm good. How are you? Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much for hanging out with us tonight. Uh, again, we've got people live in the chat and there'll be people listening to this um, later on, on YouTube and also uh, on the podcast as well, all, all over the world, which is very cool. Um, let's do a quick little intro for people that haven't heard about you. Uh, Les, you are uh, in the great state of West Virginia and you are a man of many different things. You are a cryptid, I would say a cryptid researcher, uh, you're a paranormal investigator. Um, you're a historical researcher. You're going deep into the archives to find stuff. You're now a published author, uh, West Virginia Cryptids. We'll talk about this later, but uh, friends, if you haven't gotten a copy of Les's book, it is very cool with illustrations by Mark A. Uh, Randall. Uh, we got a few friends that I want to point out. We got Greg says, hey, Les. Hey, Greg. And uh, Gabriel says, Les, with exclamation points. Good stuff. Hey, hey Gabe. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. So, for real quick, Les, is there anything else that you would want to put into that summary about yourself that you want people to know that's important before we get into the interview? Anything mm, else? No, not really. I mean, you, right, did, you did a great job. Cool, cool. Uh, let me get things. Here we go. Here we go. Um, oh, also, so let's get into this. Um, someone's never heard of West Virginia cryptids and strange encounters. What is that? I want to know what is this organization? Well, it's not, it's not really an organization. It's, uh, basically, uh, other than my, my, uh, my oldest son and a, fr a friend of mine every once in a while, uh, it's basically a solo thing with me. Um, it, it started, I think it's going on four or five years now. Okay. We, we, uh, I, uh, done paranormal investigating for quite a while. My oldest son and I did, and we had a group and it kind of, that group kind of disbanded, uh, you know, just, just like a lot of groups have. And we were discussing, you know, the topic of Bigfoot and stuff like that. And we're like, and come up with the idea, started a, started a page for West Virginia mm. for, for, or to where folks can come share their encounters, you know, whether you know, it, doesn't, it didn't have to be Bigfoot, but uh, whether it's Bigfoot uh, UFO encounters, uh, ghost, ghost awesome. stories. And um, it, it started out as that just, just a, uh, a place for people to come and share their stories with, with other like-minded people. Um, you know, or if they didn't want to share it, I, you know, gave them the opportunity to, or how you want to say it. I was there for them to talk to. Uh, That's I've, awesome. I mean, there's been there's been many times where something didn't even get onto the Facebook page, where I I've sat and just talked, you know, on either mess through messenger, emails, on the phone, you know, things like that. Just talk to people uh, that needed somebody to talk to, to share their stories, and then that it kind of grew, and I didn't expect it to really to 
go as far as it did. We, I, I, mean, you know, I was expecting you know, a few hundred people maybe. And next thing I know, after like a few months, it started growing. I think we're up to 17,000 pushing 18,000. It's a big people. page. Like I looked at it today and I was like, oh, wow, that's actually like a real deal. Like it's huge. 15, 17 K easy. Yeah, yeah. Like hats off, man. So then it, as it started to grow, uh, my wife was like, well, you needed to, you know, she, she kind of, she definitely supports everything I do. Uh, nice. She goes, well, you know, cause people started contacting me, you know, like you to either be on a podcast or be, you know, speak a little speaking event. And so I started doing that every so often. And then people wanted me to come out and check things out. So I started going to locations and you know, ch checking out, you know, even if it wasn't something that's, you know, extremely recent, I would go to those locations or just go to an area where several account encounters or, or experiences people may have had, you know, in one area. And I would go and just hang out and look around and, and basically put my information out there, what I found or didn't find. That's awesome. And a question for you, did, did the love for, well, I guess a few. So did the love for paranormal uh, ghost come first or was it kind of at the same time uh, as cryptids or which came first or did they both come at the same time? No, I was always into the paranormal stuff, the ghost stuff because of you okay. know, things, you know, experiences I had, but I mean, the, the, the cryptids and, and, and monsters, whatever you want to call them, was always on that back burner. You know, as a kid, mm. you hear, you, were, you heard the stories. I was always, you know, fascinated with the Loch Ness monster. I, oh, okay. I, I knew, if, you know, the Patterson Gimlin film, but it wasn't something that I delved into deeply. And, and then I started, when I started doing this with the page, I kind of got into it a little bit deeper. Very nice. Very nice. Um, how has it been? I'm just curious as, as a father myself, how's it been uh, with bringing your, your kids into investigations like that? What, what kind of um, has you had any interesting observations from that or. Um, yeah, they, they, my oldest son really likes to, he, you know, as he was, when he was younger, he, he was really into it. You know, we did a lot together. Sure. Um, uh, two middle boys, they they like to go on the adventures, you know. At times, mm -hmm. uh, they have that a little bit of an interest. But I my, now my five year old is like all into it. You know, he yeah, awesome. Everything's Bigfoot. He just was recently at a doctor for his checkup, and and he's telling the nurse. He said, "Yeah, my dad's a Bigfoot investigator or Bigfoot this." And Sweet. He, uh, and I'm you know he's even I've even asked him you know how do you know Bigfoot exists and he'll go. So he does this little checklist. He'll say tracks checklist, you know, photos checklist, you know, Patterson Gimmon film checklist. Yeah. You know. Nice, so he, nice. So yeah, he's really into it. Right, actually, right now, what he's doing with his mom is watching watching the Ghostbusters movies, the 1984. Ghostbusters. Oh, cool. Yeah, dude. Getting yeah, ready looking. for the new one. Yeah. All that. Yeah, that's cool, dude. I love that. Very cool. Very cool. Uh oh, I want to point out that you have a very cool uh YouTube channel as well. Uh, you have some cool stuff on there. So it's it's under the name, uh, it's WV Cryptids and Strange mm. Encounters, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you have some really interesting videos on there. Uh, it's cool. You go, um, 
all over the place. I mean, you've got uh, Bigfoot. You're going on Bigfoot hikes. Mm-hmm. Um, the one I really liked, though, is um, you're looking for uh, these giants. Yeah. In West Virginia. That mm-hmm. is cool, dude. And like you got to go watch that one because you really get into it. So like remind me, uh, well, do you mind sharing the story about, um, so there was a, a group of giants that were, were buried in the the West Virginia Hills or what exactly was happening there? Well, there's been a a lot of stories about giants all over West Virginia, you know, like Wheeling, uh, Moundsville, but right here in the, in the County I live where I live, I, I found a, a, uh, Actually, I'll show you the book. It's uh, this is a Marion County history book. Okay. And it talks about giant skeletons being found. Oh wow! In 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 the Reesville area, and then then you read into it a little deeper, and it talks about some being found in Palatine a Palatine area, and near the White Day Creek area. And then I started reading into it a little bit more. I don't want it because that sparked my interest. And I learned through that. I learned about uh, that there were supposedly mounds along the Monongahela River through that area. Uh, there were uh, there was a road that they called them that, that supposedly was there also that uh, was named the Macadam Road. OK, uh, it's 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 a road that was was said to be. Uh, nine feet wide and 14 inches thick and it was built wow. it was made from crushed crushed mussel shells and stone well all these giants were found along along that road hey mark there's there's mark randall there. hey we got we got the illustrator in the, the chat yeah. mark randall from west virginia cryptids what's up buddy <laughs> and uh so uh i i wanted to look into the ones that were found in reesville because i I lived really close to Reesville and Reesville has okay. always been a place that I, I was familiar with. And supposedly these, there was two or two or three, I'm trying to remember which now found during a uh, excavation mm. of a, uh, for a footer for a bridge across the Paw Paw Creek. And then they were examined by Dr. Uh, Zedekiah Kidwell and then said they were reburied in the cemetery by the name of Jolliffe Cemetery. That's it, Jolliffe, yeah. Well, the yeah. Jolliffe is a prominent name in that area, that was long, uh, along with the Prickets, which there's a, a famous fort right in our area. It's called Prickets Fort. So I knew there there were, you know, could have been stones around or graveyards that had that name, but not a, there was not a specific Jolliffe Cemetery that I could find. I went to the, uh, the, uh, ancestry department at the local library okay uh, there there's no jolly cemetery on record and well even the book puts it in parentheses in the book. Oh, okay gotcha hmm. so i i did track one down in another county which is about 45 to 46 miles away and i went to the i went to that cemetery it has the right taint the time time frame you know with the stones and you know that that suppose these giants were found in but I just didn't feel, you know, the mid 1800s or whatever, when they were supposedly found, that was just just seemed like a long way to take them, you know, especially when the bones were supposed to be deteriorating, you know, oh, sure, when yeah. they were burying, they were deteriorating quickly. So I didn't I didn't feel that that was the, the right place. Uh, then I 
started looking into maps of the area mm. and I come across a map that showed a land plot that uh, said Jay Jolliffe. So I decided, Hey, I'm going to see if I, I mean, I knew, I knew where, you know, the map's still basically the same, the roads, everything are basically still the same from that map. And that map was like, was uh 1886 it's on it nice. and uh and so those that maps or all the roads that was on that map and everything are is are still there so i tracked down that, that okay. land plot that land plot walked up to this guy's house you know knocked on his door he come out and he's talking to me and i said hey you know I'm, this is what i'm doing have you ever heard of it and he he told me no he's never heard of the giant story and I said, well, I'm looking for a cemetery on some Jolliffe land. And I, I, by an old map, this used to be Jolliffe land. He said, well, it's still Jolliffe land. He said, I'm a descendant of Jolliffe. Some Jolliffe still live on the other part of it. And I was like, well, do you know if there's a cemetery, a family cemetery? And he's like, no, there's no family cemetery. But he says there is the mound. And Yeah, that part was like, I was like, oh, man, here we go. I'm standing there on his yep. back porch. And I'm not paying. I'm just like, because I'm looking at this little bank, you know. This, yep. And he said, "This isn't. This is a, a barrel mound. That's crazy." And we we walked all the way around, and he, you know, showed me the whole mound, and I, uh, I, I got satellite view of it and, and whatnot. And he told me that because he, I think he was like seventy or seventy-one. And okay. He told me even as a kid, nobody was allowed on the mound. Wow. Uh, they had cattle that was there. They would have a fence around it that you know, even cattle couldn't go on the mound. So I talked to him for a little while. And as I was leaving, I, he said, he stopped me. He goes, hey, he said, there's no there's no cemetery here, but there is one on the other side of the creek up on the hill. Mm. So I, I, I went to that cemetery, and I was a little disappointed at first because there was, it was a lot of newer, modern, you know, stones. And then I noticed a, a, a huge cedar tree in the back corner, and beside it, there's this... Uh, like dead stub or stump, just like 10, 12 feet tall, just, just huge. And I was like, well, you know, I always knew through research and stuff that, or I don't know why, but I, I, it always seemed to be common that older cemeteries had like these large cedar trees, you know, in them. So I started walking back toward the cedar tree, cedar tree and I got closer and I noticed the stone started to get older. And it had a little yeah. dip went over, and I started seeing the name Jolliffe, Jolliffe, Jolliffe. And then there was a couple that had, there there was even some that have wood planks that just sticking out of the ground. Oh man, that's old, yeah. So you, if you go to that stump, you can stand and you look straight out aisle from that stump, and you look right at the mound. So I thought that mm. was pretty cool. I was like, well, maybe that is cool. Maybe that's where the maybe that's where they're at. Yeah, this could be a possibility. So cool. So cool. And that's so, just one of the stories that you have on your channel. Man. Yeah. Like it's good stuff. So I decided to dig into a little bit more as far as like the people that were involved. I, I found the uh, squire that, that uh, you know, recommended they be reburied. Um, I found where he's buried at. Uh, I found the Dr. Kidwell. I know where he's buried at. I found his stone or his head, his grave. Um, then I decided, you know, dig into him a little deeper see mm -hmm. and, and i'm looking through his bio he ended up being like a uh senator or something like that in in, in oh, west wow. virginia also and but the last one of the last paragraphs 
I think it may be the last paragraph in that bio I was reading. It says he was a prominent member of the MP church. Mm-hmm. And for some reason that stuck, that stuck out to me. I, it, it was familiar. I couldn't, I couldn't place it at first. And then I remember the map. I need to look at the map and I, I got the map back out or pulled it up on my computer and where the mound there's the the mound behind that guy's house the graveyards on the other side right in between them is a church and on that map it's called the mp church so the doctors that's that was the doctor's my under what i feel is the, that was the doctor's church so oh, with, with with those coming together and then you read into them a little bit more of the literature and, and, and research and it it starts talking about where the macadam road ends and comes to well, if you read into the, some of the clues, it ends right in that same area where the where the uh, a, a creek coming off the Mon River is called. It's just called a little creek. So it a bunch of stuff started fitting that maybe I feel that maybe those giants are in that cemetery. Oh, that's cool. If if they yeah. did exist, is is that's you know I, I will say that. Good stuff. Good stuff. Thank you for sharing that story. Um, we've got, I want to run through a few questions here that we've had pop up in the chat here. So my buddy Greg says, Hey Les, has there been a time when someone's tried to hoax you? Uh, and we don't have to go throwing names out, you know, but it's, you know, I'm just a general thing, but. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I guess you could say hoax. I mean, not really too much when it comes to the Bigfoot subject. I mean, okay. there's been one that, but I picked up on it pretty quickly oh, as yeah. far as that. Uh, but yeah. And when you interview somebody, I mean, I, I'm not a trained interviewer at all. I, I just learned from my experiences when I do talk to people Sure. to pick up on some nuances that, Hey, yeah, you're BS and me. Yeah. I can feel, I can tell <laughs> it just, just by. Right. Right. The, the exactly. Yeah. Their mannerisms, the, yep. you know, one of them's like if they don't want to make eye contact, you know, that's a easy. huge one. Yeah. Uh, crossing their arms a lot of times is usually either something uncomfortable and it usually probably because they're fibbing. Um, but I also, you know, as far as like Bigfoot related stuff, I carry these little four by four pictures that many people have seen online. They're this artist representations of okay Bigfoot creep, you know, Bigfoot faces that, uh, that uh, you know has been done. CG have been done, or you know. Oh right? yeah, yeah. I, I know exactly yeah. what you're talking about. Yep. So I carry like 20 of those with me. Oh wow, that's good. And idea. and when I talk to somebody that's had an experience, that's one of the things I do. I don't only just, I don't only use them for, uh, per se, like a lineup per se. You know, mm -hmm. you know I, I do that too. You know, instead of me trying to, in my own mind, in my mind try to figure out what these folks are you're describing. I have them, you know, either pick a certain feature or one that looks nice. familiar. And that way I can visually see what they're, they're talking about. But I also use it as, as kind of a, uh, as a tail. Um, mm. If, if, if I'm talking to somebody and I want them to pick the picture out, usually if somebody has an experience, you can, if you flip one out there that looks like what they saw. Yeah they're going to have a reaction like visceral reaction that you yeah. couldn't fake yeah totally but if you, you sometimes you have those folks that you can just tell 
you know, I already have a suspicion they might be yeah. fibbing a little bit. And they'll be like, oh, yeah, nonchalantly, oh, it's just, it's that one right there, man. Oh, so, yeah. So that's, that's no, kind of no what good. I use those for. No good. Hey, that that's that's a great takeaway. I think more people should do that. That's a good idea, man. Uh, t- my friend Tate, uh, Tate Hieronymus, has an interesting question. Um, so out of the tracks from the PG site, Patterson Gimlin site from 1967, uh, which is Les's favorite? The perfect ones casted by Roger or my personal fave, the mid-tarsal break track by Titmus. I'll, I'll, I'll reword it to a little. Do you have any thoughts about those tracks or either of them more of a favorite? Tate is like into the PG film because, you know, yeah. Bluff Creek Project, but I'm right. interested to hear your, your thoughts on it. Um, I mean, if, if I remember right, there were several, I mean, several tracks found at the pg site if i'm not if i'm correct and and some of them and i think roger patterson if i'm not he may he may be able to correct me here he only casted like the best ones and i think it was was it john green that went back and casted several other ones that were not so great and had left and right and stuff so it i mean the mid-tarsal break i i i i, I know that that's a thing i guess um, but if you, I don't know, when you look at Patty, when you, she's walking, it just doesn't seem like there's that, it's like a flat soul. It doesn't seem like it yeah, has that, you know? Exactly. Exactly. And the, the crazy thing, I don't know if you, I brought this up a few weeks ago, but, um, I don't know. Do you watch the Sasquatch archives channel? No, I do not. Uh, oh, you should, you should. So it's a guy, uh, Todd Prescott, who puts up all this historical Bigfoot footage mm-hmm. um, from way back in the day. And he actually uh, put up um, the BBC um, uh, PG uh, film site uh, documentary that was only shown once in 68. And there's actually shots of the trackway from the PG film. It's pretty cool. It's a, it's a brand new thing. But, but... Um, that's that's a different show. We're we're focusing on West Virginia. So how about this? Um, kind of random question. Do you think do you think the Pacific Northwest or West Virginia is more more of the cryptid town USA? What are your thoughts on that? Well, it depends on which cryptid. I mean, yeah, it's true. Know, that's true. I'm I'm not familiar with much in the Pacific Northwest, Northwest, except for Bigfoot Sasquatch, but, you know, we have, you know, several supposed cryptids here in West Virginia. That's, yeah, maybe not be as well known as some like Mothman or the Flatwoods monster or, or anything like that. And why do you, why do you think it is that like so many cryptids are in this one state? Like, it's just wild. I mean, there's, you could make a few of these books about, it's just it's got to be like the folklore in the state yeah. i don't know if you have thoughts about that yeah that's that's what i've always had the feeling too is, is folklore and stories past and stories expand and you know you know like just for example you know we have the one that you know everybody calls the sheep squatch yeah 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 that's but i've got on good faith that of somebody that knows you know a good bit about that that lives in the area that lived in the area where that was supposedly first seen and it was 
kind of debunked years ago, but it's still it's okay. still caught track. It was kind of debunked years ago. It was a it was a a uh, a large ram sheep that had went that's so crazy feral and uh, you know its fur was all matted and this and that and and I guess there was you know by what this fella says there was actually you know alcohol involved in the whole story to started it and so I guess it kind of blew up and then you have the stories or the lore about the the West Virginia white things which are just about anything that you can imagine that shows up <laughs> as white creatures you know like large white dogs uh oh sure yeah you know, th things like that and, and, do <clears throat> excuse me do you have a, a favorite uh cryptid of west virginia um yeah i uh i mean i like i like the vegetable man i mean i guess you call oh, it cryptid. okay I, I, yeah i, I mean because that's that's reesville also that's the same place where the giants are found it's right up oh right interesting the, yeah. okay that's cool um there i mean there's it's only one story from from one individual pretty much but i guess because it's a a local thing where i where i grew up it's you know i got a special spot for it a little bit oh yeah it's always the uh the the local cryptid is what gets you i mean for me it's the van meter visitor that i am legally obligated to talk about in every episode um not really but it's that's my home hometown cryptid in west west des moines van meter iowa so um my friend mothman 46 we're both both friends with him uh he actually let's let's say his random his random comment is west virginia mountain goats is that a thing is there mountain goats in west virginia or is that a a reference i don't get probably uh i mean i don't i don't know if he's talking about like the pal mountain goat that was a white goat that ran around the, the mountains oh. down there for quite a while okay um I'm, I'm not sure if that's what he's talking about. He's got some interesting questions for you, though. So uh, has Les ever gotten any reports of an abnormally large rabbit around Dolly Sods? No. No, I have not. Okay. You may want to chat with Mothman46. I'm not going to share the story because I don't have the okay to, but talk to him about that. Okay. Um, also, have you ever investigated the Black Panther sightings in Franklin, West Virginia? Or are you familiar with those yeah well franklin's just one spot i mean there, there oh. there's been basically about every county in the state has had a story uh with black panthers or mountain lions um but mm. the franklin area uh that around that area and around below the summersville area in nicholas county has, has quite a few sightings interesting interesting so there's there's definitely something going on there um my friend jonathan dodds um jonathan dodd says he asked do you have a favorite and i need to make sure he asks this question every show because it's a good question um what is your favorite bigfoot encounter story do you have one that you always enjoy hearing or finding out more about uh from from here or uh, that's where it's up to you. Yeah. Um, I mean, there, there are, there's several here in West Virginia. Uh, okay. One of, one of them that has always been my favorite is it, it, there's a, there's a lake in the Southern part of the state called Bluestone Lake. Mm. And I did, I talked to this guy and his dad and they both told me the, well, his dad told me a separate, something separate 
that had that happened, you know, around the lake as well. But this fellow told me that him and his buddy were fishing on, on the lake. They were they were night they were on the, the lake at night and they were but they were bass fishing. He said, Yeah, a lot of people don't believe you bass fish tonight, but but he said, Yeah, we put lights or you know, shine in the water, you can still we bass fish. And he said, uh, we were we were on the boat and he said we always have some kind of some kind of you know weapon with us, you know. And he okay, said I had something sure. in I had something in the boat. And he said, uh, I started hearing what sound they thought was bait fish you know you know when when larger fish move you know you'll hear the lot of the little shad or, or minnows or whatnot shiners will come to the top and they'll, they'll leap out of the water and he said we thought that was what we were hearing and then they started hearing like these grunt like grunt noises mm. and so then he's like well maybe it's deer maybe a deer in the water so he had a light he pulled the light up and he could see eyes shine and he said it was kind of odd because the way they were spaced and the way they were looked like they were more forward pointing than, than what deer were. So he, he, it was an adjustable light. He kicked it up, you know, to a higher candle power. And that's when he noticed that there was two of these things in the water. One wow. was bigger, one was bigger, one was smaller. And when he kicked that light up, the larger one, he said, acted like, Hey, you know, I'm, you know, I'm pissed that you can see me. And it started, it screamed, <laughs> started hitting the water. Oh man. The smaller one ran or not ran, sorry, turn and went back to the bank, walked up the banks of, uh, I don't, I don't know how far he said, just a few feet or so. And basically looked like he's trying to pretend it was a stump. It wow. squat down and like turned its back, put its head down. And, uh, oh, man. he's like, in this, he said, the other one's just going nuts in the water. So they, they started, all they had was a trolling motor or, or, or a small motor or whatnot. He said it wasn't, wasn't very big. They couldn't go very fast. So they decided they were going to get out of there. So they come out and they're going, they're not too far off the bank, you know, and they're just traveling up along the bank and stuff started coming, flying out of the woods or out of the, wow. out of the tree line, hitting the water like logs and rocks oh, and man. whatnot. And then I, uh, then he said, you need to talk to me, my dad. And I talked to him and uh, he talked about seeing something in, down that area and said that he thought he found what looked like something had been making nests, just like not, not like what you see out in the Pacific Northwest, but like, okay, almost it's, it could have been bear beds, you know, where, where there's grass is all sure. But sure. he was thinking they were like nests and uh, wow. And I asked him to take me there and I, they said, well, the only way we can get there is by boat. And oh I man, think, so I never that's I never went anywhere, so but it still was an interesting, interesting story that I really enjoyed hearing. That is a really good story. That That's a solid, solid big, bigfoot story. I love that. Thank you. Um, Tate has asked an interesting question What's Les's driving force into researching cryptids in the paranormal? What drives you? Why do people, you do it? People, okay. Uh, helping people, talking to people. It, it's not, it, I mean, a lot of folks are out there trying to, trying to prove or disprove. Mm. Um, I, I can't say that I am. I mean, I, I like to find things if I do and like to point out things that they're not, that it may, it may not be, but I, my, to me, the most important thing is giving somebody, giving that individual that may have had that experience, somebody to talk to. And I love that. Yeah. You know, you know, yep. Console them if I have to. 
That's awesome because yeah, I mean, you really can't say it any any better than that. I I totally agree with that. Um the way I, I look at it is right now, this is a hard time. And a lot of people are struggling with a lot of stuff up here. Mm-hmm. And if content I make is what helps someone keep going, right. then I will make that content until the day I can't do it. And I'm like 90. You know what I mean? Like that right. to me is worth it. So I ta- that's how I look at it. But let's uh, let's look at... Oh, uh, Gabriel says, comment, Gabe. Les, thank you again for having us at the expo. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, Gabe's my buddy. He's uh, He has his own little, he's a, he's a young man, has a little business that he, he does uh, cool little. Is he the woodworking guy? Yes, he's a little. The wood burning guy, right? Yeah, I've heard yeah. of this dude. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you've got some good stuff, Gabe. I've seen your stuff on Instagram. Good show. Uh, what's the name of his? Uh, uh, Gabe, put yeah. your put the name of your thing in the comments if. Wooden West Virginia. Wooden West Virginia. Everyone yeah. check it out. Let's talk about West Virginia cryptids. Oh, there it is. Mothman. Yeah, there that's it is. A, that's what that's it does. Solid. There you go, Gabe. Um, West Virginia cryptids. So why make this book? What was – walk me through why we made this book, um, you and Mark. Because Mark wanted to do <laughs> – Mark was like, give me something to do. That's <laughs> now, awesome. Uh, I I, I – had never thought about doing it myself. Okay. Uh, then one day Mark just messaged me and said, Hey, he said, I, I would like to do a project with you. And I'm like, okay, well, what kind, you know, you know, what kind. And uh, he said, I'd like to like pick, you know, cryptos for West Virginia. I do the artwork. You write the book. And I'm like, nice. I'm like, Oh, but I'm not a writer. I'm, I mean, I don't know, dude. It seemed like you are to me. Well, uh, I got a lot of, I think grammarily has a lot to you know do with that. So it yeah. helped me out a good bit. <laughs> That's all right. Uh, so he, uh, he, he sent me some, uh, some uh, renderings he d- had done with some cryptids and mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, you know, this is cool. We'll do that. And I done all the research that I could. Uh, the hardest part of the book was taking page and page of research and condensing it down to fit that yeah. format of, 250 yep. to 300 words but uh yeah it's uh it's it, it's been a good it, i mean it took us it took us a little time to do uh, as far as getting what format we decided we wanted um because yeah, we went back and forth i don't have them here but i have one that's you know these uh 11 by 17 or whatever oh, I have yeah. one that size um and i have the hardbacks that we can get nice um, you know, just, just a fun project to do just something in my wife. You know, and again, my wife was very supportive and I can't there say she go. pushed me into it, but she encouraged me to do it. And so, that, that is huge. Uh, you know, a, uh, a spouse or a partner that, um, is behind you is, is huge in this, this game. Um, I don't want to, I think half the fun of this book is not knowing what's inside it. And like not having seen the illustrations or like what particular cryptids are in here. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is one that I found very interesting that I wanted to get your thoughts on. Because, uh, let me find it here. The thing is, is that it's very unique to this mm-hmm. book. Um, 
jeez. You know which one I'm talking about. It's called the Polk. Polk uh, Gap Monster. Yeah, the Polk Gap Monster. I can't find it out. Yeah. But tell me, so I've never, and that maybe this is my lack of knowledge about West Virginia cryptids, but is this something that you like researched and found yourself or like, is this in other, like, it seemed very niche to me, this Polk uh, Gap Monster. It's a regional. It's like okay. a regional thing. Uh, we, Mark and I wanted to do Bigfoot, you know, mm. for sure. And then I was like, you know, I really would like to do a more regional, yeah, you know, like something like the Momo, you know, Missouri Monster or, yep. or, or whatnot like that. You know, because even like where I grew up in my little town, there was one, there was stories passed around that there was a Bigfoot creature in the 70s and they called it the Grant Town Goon. But there's just not, a, there That's was just nice. not, there was just not a whole lot of, uh, of, of substance there for, for a story on it. So I. I decided because I found the Polk Gap monster a few years ago okay. just by researching. And, and there's a, there's a fella in that area. Uh, he's, his name is Dave. He's got a nickname. They call him bug, but his name's Dave bug Stovers. He's actually, nice. uh, uh, he's actually a West Virginia delegate. Um, but he supposedly has collected several accounts from like the uh, Mabin area, uh, you know, and down in that area where, where, where this all took place the twin falls area and tells these every year in like these little like get togethers who have like a campfire thing. He tells these stories. Oh, that's cool. So I wanted to pick that one because he pulls, he has put that one forth for West Virginia in his area or, or for, for his area. So I, I wanted to use that one in the book to broaden it for West Virginia. Cause I mean, others, you know, like I said, other States have, you know, their, 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 their right. foot creature, you know, so I, yeah, that's why I used it. So I want to definitely point that out. So this isn't just a book where it's like um, you're going to have it's not just the normal West Virginia cryptids that you've heard of everywhere. Mm -hmm. Like there is uh, this this Polk Gap. Uh, this might be one of the only resources that you can hear about this cryptid in this book, which I think is very cool. And you got to see the illustrations. So pretty much I'm saying pick up the book on Amazon is the best way to get it. Right. That's yeah. how I got it. But, yeah. Or if you see less at a, um, at an expo or a conference or something like that, he'll probably have some with him. I yeah. I have, to, I have to order some. I'm, I'm completely yeah. out of sold all of them out. So I didn't expect to do that, but I have. Um, our friend Gabe had an interesting question. Uh, Les, do you have a favorite STM documentary? Um. I really like the Flatwoods Monster Legacy of Fear. Mm. Uh, okay. I really like that one because because it actually because I, I I I like the the Flatwoods Monster story, and it is one of the only places that they you know because they two of the original witnesses were in the movie. You know the May brothers were in the movie. Oh yeah, sure. That's one of the only places you will find a straight up legit story of what they experienced. I mean, mm. because if you, if you do researches online or any, any YouTube videos, it's the same thing as it. Somebody started something, then they just regurgitate it. And, and, and there's a lot of mis misconceptions and, and wrong parts to it. Uh, you know, like for instance, you know, there I've read where all the, all the uh, witnesses of the, of, of that night 
had died of strange, you know, like cancer related and this and, and whatnot. Oh, wow. Like not too long after. Well, Kathleen May like died when she was like, I think 90. She was in her 90s, 991. Mm. Uh, both the May brothers are still alive. Uh, and there's other ones where they talk, there's other places where they talk about the dog that was with them that had, you know, it at a day or so later, it died. You know, the May brothers, Freddie May will tell you, no, that dog was with us for many, many years after. Oh, yeah. That's wild. Yeah. Oh, that's wild. Yeah. I, I mean, I've talked to Andrew from uh, that museum, the nicest guy. And it, it's, it's such a, such a fun story too, but you've been in, you've been in uh, a few STM films yourself, right? Yeah. I mean, I guess. Yeah. 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 That you've been in, um, you're in dark skies, mm -hmm. correct? Mm -hmm. Uh, which is, uh, one of the, on the trail of UFOs. Right. And then, um, you have, a, if, if, um, if you haven't seen Mothman legacy, it, yeah. Um, you have a, a, I would say a pretty substantial part in that, um, which is uh, a fascinating story, um, where, uh, you, you actually, uh, saw, uh, what you believe to be Mothman. Do you, do you mind sharing that story or? I, I don't know. I don't really say it was Mothman. Oh, I, sure. Yeah. Sorry. Um, yeah. I mean, Seth wanted the account or wanted me to, to, tell my story because of uh oh now i'm drawing a uh, blank on the name but there in in mothman the, the point pleasant one there was a fellow in there that had a sighting mm. or had an experience in his room that he was calling it he called it a demon or whatnot or something like that sure. in that movie and he said it was kind of you know he felt that was similar to what i you know the the, the, the both stories are similar and uh but what happened is Several years ago, you know, when, when, when my mom got, my mom ended up, you know, down with cancer, she had, yeah. it, uh, it, it kind of was devastating for the family and, mm. and she fought with it and went into remission, uh, thought everything was going to be good. She, she was, you know, stronger, was back, back, almost back, like back to normal. Uh, then, then she ended up. It ended up coming back. Uh, and then my dad mm. ended up, I mean, my dad was with her all the time. And then my dad ended up, you know, getting sick. He, or I, you know, I guess you can, you know, however you want to word it, but he, uh, you tell he just wasn't, wasn't right. You know, he, yeah. his, his health was bad. And it en ended up, he was going through heart failure. Mm. And wow. he, he wouldn't leave my mom. He, he stayed at home and it got to the point where he, he, he just would, you know, set, set or lay on the couch and, mm. he, he, and it's like, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. I said, well, you gotta go, you know, and you need to go to the hospital. Totally. Yeah. And I, I called, I called the ambulance, come and got him. He ended up in the hospital for several, quite a while or for, for a while. And we're not, it wasn't real, real long. He had, he had a stint and everything, but he was in there for, for sure. a, I think it was a couple of weeks, maybe or a week or, or eight days or something like that. Um, come home. He was a lot better, stronger, you know, still worked, went, went to work, you know, when, 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 uh, we had folks that sat with mom, um, and then, uh, my mom passed away and I come, I, I was a truck driver and I come off the road and decided I was going to stay home. 
and, and you know, stay around here and, and help with my dad. And he's like, well, you come work with me. So I went to work with my dad. We worked together for two years. And his health started to deteriorate again. Hmm. And I asked him, I said, dad, when, when's enough going to be enough? You know, he's, yeah. you're 70 sure. years old. Oh, wow. And then one day he yeah. just looked at me. He's like, okay, today's it. Today's it. This so he decided, it. Yeah. he decided he's going to retire. Wow. So we, uh, I was still, I was still working around home. He was doing fairly well. And then on Father's Day two years ago, mm. uh, well, a little over two years ago, um, we went to the, all of us went to the mountains and spent the weekend for Father's Day. And he, uh, he had a good time. He drove himself. Yeah. The following week, he calls me early in the morning. He said, Hey, he said, I was getting out of bed and he said, I fell and mm. I can't get, I can't get back up. Oh man. So I went to his house and he, I helped him up and I was like, what's wrong? He said, I don't know. He said, my leg just feels asleep. Wow. You know, like it's numb. And I said, okay, I'll, I'll, let's, let me take you to the hospital. He said, no, 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 no. He said, uh, I don't want to go. I said, well, if it does, it's not better tomorrow, will you go to the hospital? And he said, yeah. So I called him early the next morning because well, he had had trouble a couple more times during that day. So the next morning I called him. I said, are you ready to go to the hospital? He's like, yeah. So called him, called the rescue squad for him again. Mm. He ended up spending quite a bit of time in the hospital because they found, they found that he, uh, what was going on is he, his carotid artery. One of them was basically gone. Oh, wow. And the other one was like severely blocked, like 80 or uh, 98% mm. almost. And so they determined they couldn't really do much with that. You know, so they put him on medication to help him and he just got tired of being in the hospital. He didn't want to stay there. He's actually signed his own self out against medical advice. Wow. Uh, went home. We took care of him at home. Then it, uh, I forget how long he was home, but he ended up having to be, had to go back. Cause it got to the point where if he tried to get up, he would pass like fall. And, and oh so man, we, we took him back. He was in there for a couple more days and he's like, and they just basically said, there's nothing that we can do. Mm. So he went home, they sent him home on hospice with hospice care. And I, I was, my aunt would help me a lot. His sister, uh, me and my brothers and my cousin, we all took in the, but me and my brothers are, we were there most, you know, nighttime. We was there most all the time. I, I was there quite a bit cause I actually took time off work and he uh, got to the point where, he was immobile. He, he was mm. in a wheelchair and then he couldn't even sit in a wheelchair. He was in a hospital bed. He was bedridden. And so I'll just fast forward a little bit. And to the 12th of August, two years ago, Okay. he, uh, he, I, we, I was staying with him and my brother. My, there's three, there's three brothers. My middle brother was with us, with me that night. And he was sleeping on the couch. I was sleeping on the mattress on the on the floor in the dining room. Well, on about two thirty or so in the morning, oh, wow. on the thirteenth mm -hmm. of August, my dad was having, you know, issues. He couldn't. He was panicking, and and I was the one by minister uh, appointed by hospice to administer his morphine and his Ativan to help mm -hmm. his pain and calm him down. And so I did that. And I, I remember, 
you know, he calmed down pretty quickly and I went back and I laid down on the air mattress and I, I, I guess dozed off pretty quick. I, I, because I, I started dreaming that my, my, uh, well, now he's 11, but at the time, you know, he's eight and close pushing nine. And he, uh, he, I had started dreaming that he was there beside the bed, the air mattress standing. And I remember in my dream or what, or whatever you want to call it. Why are you there? What, you know, why are you here? How'd you get here? Who brought you here? You know, asking questions. Mm. And I guess I still had enough consciousness, even though I was, you know, or, or, or you know, about me that he shouldn't be here. So yeah. I woke up, I woke up. And when I did, that's when I seen this thing standing beside the bed. It was, wow. it was a, a figure um, that I can describe as almost looking blackish gray, like static looking, like you would see like on an old TV screen when the old TV screens go out. Yep. yep. Was, but maybe not as bright. Uh, it had these long arms, uh, mm. like long, like long bony hand, your hands looking, uh, skinny like legs, uh, these bulky feet, mm. and the the head. I can remember that I, that scene. The head and it had like hollow socket almost where the wow. sides were. Yeah. And and the, the, the other thing I noticed, it had there was wings above its shoulders, at mm. least like, like tips of wings. And I'm stunned, and I'm I know I looked at it probably for five or so seconds, ten seconds, mm-hmm. and it. I, 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 I want to say floated, but I don't know if that's what it really did, but it went over top of my feet and into my mom and dad's bedroom. Cause my dad would never sleep in that room again. That's my mom passed away. Okay. It yeah. went into that room. And the weirdest thing is I, uh, I went back, to, I fell asleep. I went right back to sleep. And well, I got, we got up that, that early later that morning on the 13th. Uh, my brother, the middle brother was there. I told him, I said, I can't remember if he had to go to work or, or what it was, but he had to go. And I said, well, you just go. And, you know, later on, my, my younger brother would be there and he'd stay. Mm. So that's what happened. They, they, they switched out places. I stayed again. <clears throat> well, the, the night of the 13th and the 14th, dad had, didn't have, he didn't have any issues. He didn't panic. He didn't have a hard time breathing. Uh, I didn't have to give him medicine or anything and i was like well you know this is this is our okay you know he, he's not suffering i guess or what or whatnot so we got up and i told my brother i said you know you go home because he he works six days a week mm. i said go home spend time with your little girl you know get something to eat take a shower then you come back later and i'll, I'll come home you know i'll go and he said okay are you sure and i'm like yeah well he left a little while, not too long after he left, hospice calls me and said, hey, we're mm-hmm. on our way. We're coming yeah. over. We're going to check, you know, do our, de- our check. And I'm like, okay. I said, can you can you get here as quick as you can? I said, because he's not doing very well. Oh. And I was in like a little, there's outside the living room, there's a little hallway that led into the kitchen. That's where I was standing. I hung up the phone and walked back around and I could see that he was, he was uncomfortable. He was, he was gasping for, for air. Oh, and, boy, yeah. and I knew, you know, they told me that was one of the first signs to start looking for that or mm. one of the signs. So, and in his hospital bed, he had to be set up a little, you know, in, a, in, a, in an incline to help breathe 
And I went over because he was like leaning over. I went over and I helped him lay flat on the bed, let it down a little bit. And I grabbed it, I held his hand and he passed away. Wow. That was it. Mm. Wow. I appreciate you sharing that part of your family history uh, with us. That, that means a lot. Thank you. I, I don't know what I would have done if I had been in your situation where uh, seeing that figure um, and then to have that coupled with a, a, a passing of a family member. I mean, that it's, if, if you want to um, less shares that account as well in the uh, Mothman legacy documentary from, from small town monsters, but, but thank you. Uh, less for sharing that. I really appreciate that. Um, in in the in the movie, it's a little broken up a little bit because that was just like a couple a few months after, and I broke uh, down. A, I broke down a few times. So understandably so. Yeah, I had no idea it was that that close proximity. Yeah. Wow. Mm. Yeah. You've alluded to um, to research through this interview, the research that you do, do you have any advice for listeners that are just getting into um, cryptozoology? They want to be the ones that find the next Polka Gap monster. What What is some uh, research advice to these newer researchers? Listen to what people want to tell you. Mm. Uh, keep keep track of what they tell you. Go Go out if you have to and, and look into what they tell you, even if it's in different areas, um, then eventually you'll start to notice that there, there might be similarities between I stories. Yeah. Uh, so that, that'll help you kind of weed out some of the stories that may not be, you know, true or, or up on the up and up. And, and, and you can, if you kind of put some of those stories together, you can kind of see them synchronicity or, uh, mm. you know, coincident or not coincidence, but correlations between them. And it, that helps me kind of determine what I, I feel may be the best, best ones to look into. That's some solid advice. Uh, do you have any, um, let's say kind of tag teams with that, that question um, regarding cryptozoology or even West Virginia cryptozoology. Do you have any books that you recommend um, or that, you always find yourself going back to on your bookshelf? Um, I, I, I read a lot of local author stuff, you know, the okay. ghost stories uh, as far as like lore and stuff like Ruth Ann Muzak and, you know, there's a local that has been around, you know, her stories have been around for years and years that I grew up with. Uh, but if I find something local, I usually try to pick it up um, because mainly I, I focus here in West Virginia uh, I do have, you know, like Grover Krantz's book and stuff like that, but. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. But cool. mostly, mostly things that I delve into, I, I usually try to stick to the West Virginia subject. And some of that, um, some of that regional stuff, like um, if you see it once, that might be the only time you see it. So you yeah. got to pick it up. Like some of those books are extremely rare from what I've, from what I've seen. Um, yeah. It might not be a thing you could get on Amazon for sure. Yeah, that that, that American <clears throat> history book I I come across it at the library, 
and like you know i really like this book and and i talked to the to the library and they're like yeah we sorry about that we only have one copy of it or two copies of it one's in the genealogy department one's in the library mm-hmm. so i was like well i'm gonna they said you it's 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 a pretty valuable book it's a resource book and like okay well i figured oh it's not not too bad so i started looking into buying one yeah and the one i have is actually a second printing and even it is expensive wow i uh i found them online and the cheapest one i found was between like eight nine hundred bucks oh i totally i i totally uh believe it yeah books are nuts so i told my wife i'm like i'll find that book somewhere because i'm i'm a i'm I, my second passion before par- uh, other paranormal stuff is I love antique stuff. I love going to oh, flea cool. market. I love okay. flea market oh, stuff. Oh, dude. Me so too, I, man. Yeah. I walked into a, a uh, I guess you'd call it antique store in, in downtown Fairmont. Okay. And I'm walking around and I'm just looking around and I, I see the book. In a, in no a case. way. And I'm like, oh, man, how much is this book? And, <laughs> and uh, I had him take it out of the case. And they said uh, seventy five bucks. So I bought. Oh. I, I still had the receipt. <laughs> You're I, like just throwing money at them. I was like, it, yeah, take here, it. I'll take it. So, and then I found out it was actually a buddy of mine. And I don't know. My chair just broke. It was actually a buddy of mine that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That it was his his vendor. Oh spot. no way! Yeah. Oh, like, that's funny. I talked to him later <laughs> that day. It's like, man. I said I was just in there. He said, uh, and I said I bought a book. He said, which one? I said, now long ago. He said, that was mine. I was like, well, I just, you just, I used me 75 bucks off of me, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome, man. What a deal for you. You didn't have to pay eight to 900 bucks. Though. Yeah. That's solid. Um, yeah, dude, I used to be soup. I still like going thrifting, but I used to be big into thrifting. And like, when you find a deal like that or like mm. something you've been looking for, oh my goodness. It's just, you can't get that feeling any other uh well you probably get i think you get it by finding that whatever let's yeah. let's let's keep going it's live all right um so i've got a few people in the chat and they are wanting to hear uh we've got some ufo questions so here we go okay. uh mothman 46 says hey jeremiah ask less about those lights he saw racing around the sods and do you mind clarifying for non-west virginia people what are the sods just so that they're on the same wavelength dolly's it, it's dolly sods it's a, this dolly sods wilderness area it's actually one of the highest points in west virginia but it's okay. more of a it, it it's the elevation goes from three thousand some feet up to like low four thousand i think it is mm. but it's more of a plateau uh a lot of people call it the uh little canada of west virginia uh, there, oh, there's, weird. there's blueberry glades, uh, marshes, um, creeks and, and cliffs and, and whatnot. But it's, it's also the spot where a lot of people, a lot of people hike and camp there, but a lot of people go just to stargaze mm. because there's no light pollution. It's just wide open, you know, just it's wide open sky. So, uh, I think what he's talking about is what I'm, what I talk about in dark skies is I was. I would like like other folks. I just go up there to look at the sky. I drove up there, okay, and, and was there. And I have I have a, have an old town and country van that I, I that I travel in, and <laughs> I got an air mattress that in the is back. So awesome, Les. So I, I got this air mattress set up in the back. I got this totes in the back where I have my 
stove, my, my cooking stove, my oh, utensils, and all kind of stuff. You know, if I want to camp in the van, I can. If I want to go hiking, I can do that. So I, I was I was there in the van and I was stargazing and and I got to the point where I was like, hey, I'm gonna lay down. So I, I got in, climbed in the van, and I was looking out the passenger side side window, and I see like this orange light coming across the sky and it would wow. it, it'd go and it blink and then it'd, it'd go out then it'd come back and and it got so far and then it shot or as it come across the horizon like or in my view it shot almost in reverse but in an angle downward oh man and then started to go back across again and eventually just uh just disappeared so i i that's the only time that i can say that i've seen something that maybe somehow ufo related that's wild that's that's a good good story gabe also <clears throat> he said lest you mind to share your ufo encounter and, and that's that's what you just shared correct yeah. yeah yeah so there are a few people wanting wanting to hear that but yeah yeah that's a good story and that is in the uh, dark skies uh yeah. documentary from small town monsters so definitely check that out um have you so you've You've done a lot of uh, uh, researching, hiking. Have has there ever been a time when you have been genuinely freaked out when you've been out looking for something? Um, the only time that I it it, it wasn't at, at night. I mean, I've been I've been in the woods by myself at night. I've, I've okay. slept in the hammocks by myself at night. You know, mm -hmm. and I've never had really anything that has scared me then. Uh, but there was a time here last year, I think it was, um, a buddy of mine wanted me to come with him to an area outside of uh, Elkins, West Virginia. There's a, there's an area there that he said, and there's been a lot of sightings of Bigfoot in this area. Or lost, you know, he because he collects a lot of accounts from that area because that's his local area. Sure. So we stayed on this this uh, this knob they call it. And it's called Bickle's Knob, and or Bickle, not Bickle's Bickle Knob. And we stayed there or went up and hang, hung out for a while and and done done the typical thing. He likes to do calls and stuff like that. And and I scratched around the ground and put like what I, you know, other people do it, too, I guess. You know, print traps, you know, where some, it's mm. the ground softer, something steps in it, you'll know it. So I did that and stuff. We got late and he's like, man, I'm just going to go home. And I said, like, well, I'm going to crash here in a van. And uh, he goes home. I had, I had nothing happen. No, nothing good. Nothing went on. Didn't hear anything. Got up the next morning and uh, looked around. Didn't see anything. Didn't see any prints or anything. And I was like, well, this, this is not going too good here. So I'll just move on. I moved to another area where he was telling me about. And I was doing a YouTube video stuff as well. Okay. And I pulled into this little, this little uh, forestry road. And I was starting to, I was doing a video and I messed up a couple of times on like this intro, the, the part I was doing. And the third time I started, I heard a knocking noise. It it's in the video. It sounds like a woodpecker to me. You know, it could be a woodpecker. It had a, it had, it didn't have that. It was like, almost like it had a um, different cadence, like, okay. Yep. You, you know, just different, you know, and it sounded like wood on wood instead of, like a woodpecker, but it, it could have mm. been, but it, 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 it just caught my in or caught me off guard. Like, man, it just sounds off. 
So I decided to go look into it a little bit. You know, as I went back to my van, I got I got my backpack, I, I got my gun put on me, and and uh, started walking. And and in the video, if you watch the video, you'll see a part where I was like, I'll say, I don't know what that was. What I don't say is I heard something walking oh, like, around behind me. Okay. But I could I can see a, a, a decent distance, but there I didn't see anything. So I kind of passed it off in my mind. It, it was a squirrel running or or something or you know something. And I walked up up the forest road, clear the top of the, the ridge, and come back down. I didn't find and you know looking into where the springs were running across the stream, looking for prints. And didn't find anything, but I found boot prints and deer prints, and you know people had hiked up and down through there. Sure. I get back to the van. And I go around the around the back, go to hit the button to open a hatch, and that's when I notice handprints. He's handprints on ones on the top, like no over, way on top of the tailgate, and ones down on the window. And the the van had a bunch of dust on it, so there wasn't oh, no handprints there to start with. And what it, it looked like where the handprint was on the top, like like here, mm-hmm. this part here. Mm-hmm. If something had hair, looked like it had rubbed the window. No way. And then the, down at the left-hand corner, it looked like if something's like belly or something had touched there, like almost like oh it leaned goodness. in and looked in my van. Wow. I can't say I can't say what it was. I, I don't. I'm not going to say it's Bigfoot, but right. It's either something like that or something because, I, like I said, I heard this something. Now that I feel like it was something walking. Or some weird weirdo was around my van. Either way, that's yeah. gonna make you take notice, man. Yeah. Ooh. So that that's probably the one of the most unnerving. That that's probably the most unnerving thing I've had happen. Yeah, I'm, I'd be right there with you. Like, no thanks. Um, we got a few people that are are psyched for. Was it you say Elkins? Mm-hmm. So we got Mothman Forty Six at Elkins Ramp Festival. Jeremiah needs to go. I need to go to West Virginia. Period. I haven't really looked at that been in that state from the viewpoint of someone in the cryptozoology so someday i'm getting out there with the family uh nancy ds67 says my family is from elkins awesome that's cool thanks for hanging out um a little side note to those watching if you have any uh last minute questions for less uh right now is a good time to uh put those in i've got a few more i'm going to uh, kind of close out the interview with, but if you have any more you want to ask him, now is the time to do it. So our uh, we like talking about Bigfoot on here. If let's say someone's to ask you less. So what how do you explain what is Bigfoot in um in your thinking? I have no idea. No idea? All right, that's solid. I, I Fair really enough. don't I, I really don't know. Um yeah. Because there's there's so many different different things that you have to that needs to be looked at um i i mean i feel that there's something there i i i i i tell people i'm a skeptic believer okay. basically um because i my belief comes from when i i've talked to folks that i can tell that are pretty much their story that they're putting forward you could tell that they've seen something you know, or they feel that they've seen something. Uh, then you have, you know, the, the evidence that could be that's, that's out there. Um, but then I have questions 
that I that I have, mm. you know, that I think is being trying to be a logical thinker, like how 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 something that's supposed to be this big, especially like in West Virginia, you know, something that's supposed to be seven eight hundred pounds. Yeah, how are we not finding it? it, it exactly. Because if you have if you have if there's a troop or whatever you want to call them here, you know, some people believe, I mean, I've even heard somebody say there's 50,000 of them in, in, in the United States. I've heard that as well. Yep. That to me, that's just can't be plausible because that would put over a thousand of these things in a possibility of a thousand of these things in each state. And we can, we cannot say Hawaii cause you know, so yeah. <laughs> or even though, you know, just over it's a thousand, wild, in the lower, yeah. Yeah, just wild. in the lower 48. Yeah. If that's if that's so, you're still going to see a large. There's going to be a huge footprint of some sort from these creatures. Mm-hmm. If they're not in every state, then you got those numbers condensing even more. Just say they're in half this half that number. If that number is, is that high, right. half of the states, it just gets worse and worse. And if you got, I mean, if even in West Virginia with the national forest being a million acre, almost a million acres here. If there's a thousand of those things in West Virginia, you're, you know, and there's seven, eight hundred pounds and four feet wide, like some people talk about, it's going to leave one hell of a game trail somewhere. That's a good point. Yeah. It's that not only that, it's going to decimate some of the fauna. It's going to decimate or decimate, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of stuff. And so I don't feel. In my opinion, I don't feel that there. If they do exist, there's not, there's not that, there's not as many as some people believe. I mean, that's my opinion. Interesting. Um, Interesting. But I also don't believe that they're all giants of of what mm. you know. Um, because I've heard stories of some that's only five, six feet tall, and not sure. not seven yep. and eight. So, and. I think it had as far as that it may have to do with regional things, you know. Mm-hmm. It, the size it may cha- may change, um, but yeah, I, I I I really don't know what they are. Uh, I want I want in my heart to believe that this is an unidentified or an uh, um, discovered ape of some sort or, sure. or, or primate of some yep. sort. Yeah. Um, but it. Also, you have the weird stuff that people tell you. I know there's some really weird stories out there, right? Yeah, and there there are people that won't won't listen to those. So, yep. and for me, I have to. And the reason I have to is because you have to separate that. If you if you can't separate that, you can't you can't come to a conclusion of what's what is and what's not. And some of these strange things, I believe, is. It's just something completely different. It may have that those That's characteristics, an thought. yeah. It may have characteristics of what you know people will think of Bigfoot, and they may maybe that's the only thing that that person, because you know Bigfoot has become pop culture. Mm-hmm. Maybe that that's the only thing they can relate it to. So, mm. but maybe some of this stuff is just completely a completely different subject. Um, for for instance, I, I've told this several times to, and it's one of them that I, I go back to. I, I talked to a gentleman that was is, was a truck driver in near Fayette County, West Virginia, down in that yeah. area. And he talks. He told me that he was either going or coming from a, a, a dairy that he was to, like driving 
for delivering or picking. I don't remember which one it was. I think he was coming from, and he come down coming down this road, and there's a straightaway, and he sees this thing coming to the road, and he said, the only thing I could describe it as is a, is a huge ape, an ape-like mm. man standing in the road. Wow. He said, I stopped. I had my headlights on. He said, I'm about 75 yards away. He said, I let off the brakes, and it starts to, his truck starts to ease forward. As he does, this thing turns, like turns toward him. And he said, and he told me, he said, it looks like it was, was going to go on all fours, you know, like you hear some of them do. Mm-hmm. But as it did, it changed shape. It changed into a buck deer and ran into the woods. What? Now, no way. Is this guy BSing me? I, I, you know, I don't know. But then you have other stories. I, I mean, I've heard other stories that have strange, you know, there's even a famous one here in West Virginia. I think John Keel wrote about it. But I also took a report where one come into the road. This mm-hmm. guy's car shuts. This guy's car shuts off. He could feel a vibration, like his whole car is vibrating. And there was a okay. this is in like a, a a residential area. The street light goes off. Oh, it you know, but he could still see this thing in the road, and it goes across the road. As it goes off the other side, there's like a wood line there. He says it doesn't walk into the woods. It just basically vanishes into thin air at that wood line. And I've I've heard that in other stories as well. Yeah, totally. Oh so, man, yeah. So that's that's you know kind of kind of stuff that I make makes me wonder what what, are, what 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 are we dealing with? You know, you know when you have like the patty patty and stuff like that, and that to me, you know, that's that's an animal. That's it's it's definitely mm. an animal. But mm-hmm. when you have weird, strange stuff, I think it's something completely different. Ah. Yeah, and it, the one huge thing to take away from that is not to get so wrapped up in what you think is true that you throw someone else's story out, you know, you just because you think it's like a physical uh, creature, an ape, you're not throwing away. Um, don't throw away the other stories. Yeah. I mean – who are you to say that's that's not true or not? We got some questions here. Well, the reason oh, go I, ahead. The, yeah, yeah. The reason I don't I don't throw that away is because one is it. See, I don't even like to call myself a researcher. I, I call them mm. pretty much a collector. Is more what I. I oh, you know, okay. I like that. Know, yeah. Because I collect the stories and 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 I try to preserve to preserve them and and, mm. and I think. But if you if you throw those away, you can't come back to them when you have something else like that come up and compare. Mm. So then you don't have that that data and baseline or whatever you want to call it to to start formulating something else. You know, hey, this is something completely different. You know, you know, we got three or four stories from this area that has that same same feel to them, same flavor to them. You you you, you just can't throw that away. Mm-hmm. So that's why I don't. I love that. I love that. Um, it's almost like you're you're collecting the folklore of the the state, the tales, which is really cool. Gabe says, question for Jeremiah. Have I heard of Vegetable Man? You know what? I have. And you know where I heard it from? This book right here. Go check it out. That's a crazy... The the Vegetable Man, I think, uh, is definitely not one of the more popular ones. Um, like, it's not like the Mothman, but it's still a crazy cryptid tale for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. So thanks for bringing that up, Gabe. Um uh, Facebook, sorry. So StreamYard has a thing where if you don't 
uh, click the link um, and agree that StreamYard can see your stuff. So sorry, I'm not sure who this user is, but question, are you going to have less again on your soon show soon, Jeremiah? I could see definitely a follow-up interview in the future. Uh, if you watch Les's YouTube channel, he is out there getting new stories all the time. But Bigfoot Society also has a list a mile long of future interviews. But I'd say, Les, we're going to have to definitely chat again in the future for sure. Um, Mothman46 has a few things. He says, I don't think Bigfoot's as stocky as it presented to be. I believe it's long and lanky. It's a climber. So kind of like the Wood Devils of Coos County in Upper Mm. New Hampshire. It's, you know, kind of hiding behind the trees. Uh, The Wood Devils. Kind of interesting there. I mean, if, I mean, that's yeah. another that's another thing. I mean, if they are climbers, which you hear stories, you, you, you know, do. You, yeah, you hear people talking here, say that they they see these things in trees, or they have heard the thumps coming out of the tree. You know, something jumps to the ground, and that is to me that would be something that's almost you know, especially some of the trees that we have. You know, some of the bigger trees, but you hear hear where the stories that the trees aren't that that big and if you have a 800 pound animal in that tree it's going to cause them damage it's going to break things it's going to you know limbs or it's going to you know it's definitely going to cause damage so i as i said i don't think they're as big as what some all of them are as big as what you know they're made out to be i mean i i think that yeah that's just become a stereotype that when you talk bigfoot it's seven eight nine feet tall i just don't think i think i don't don't think they are um got a got a clarification message real quick our friend uh mark marcel uh mr ape canyon was the one who asked if you're gonna have uh less again on the show so thanks for asking that uh mark um mothman 46 also asked Les, do you have any thoughts on dogman that's a really good question uh, they scared living daylights out of me. Yeah, for me too. Yeah. I'm like, I really hope that one's not real because they're yeah. never, you don't hear, hear any dog man stories where like he's having a good day or like yeah. he's high-fiving people. Like it doesn't happen, you know? And I, I don't know why. I mean, that's a general reaction for most people. And I, I feel that it has something to do with, you know, DNA memory, but mm. some scientists say that our, our DNA memory or whatever you want to, I forget what it's exactly called, really doesn't go back that far to where hmm. um but yeah i mean i i feel that's an instinctive fear from yeah so, so maybe we somewhere in our past we've we've you know dealt with something like that crazy before. to think about yeah. Yeah. yeah and it's like oh man yeah can you imagine though if that was just a part of history we didn't know about and it's like yeah. humans versus dogman no thanks man uh, Mothman46 also says, hey, I'd like to thank Les for this interview. Great show, guys. Thank you for sticking around, buddy. And Gabe has a question. Les, what's your favorite Mothman book? Hey, that's pretty uh, pretty niche question there. Um, My buddy Mike's Mothman teaches the ABCs. Oh, for sure. It's so good. <laughs> Dude, yeah. it's, my, it's one of my kids' favorite books. Like, yeah. legit. And the thing about it uh, is in the back it actually has like i love how it goes into each cryptid so that when they get a little older you can still read it type deal such yeah. a good book yeah pick I, up I, mothman is it mothman learns the abcs i think mothman teaches abcs or something yeah yeah 
But, I mean, uh, that, that, that's probably not what he wanted to hear, but you know, it's my buddy's book. I enjoyed it. My son loves it. So, so yes, good. I really so like good. it. Um, let's do, uh, let's do one last question here. We'll do a wrap up question. Um, what advice would you give to the person who's just getting into cryptozoology in the weird and UFOs and things of that nature? Do your research, mm-hmm. uh, you know, look, look into possible, you know, historical accounts, uh, see if mm-hmm. there's anything related to like, what, what you're dealing with, what, you know, maybe you're looking into now. Uh, and again, look, talk to, talk to folks. You know, talk to the people that want to talk to you and see what uh, see what they have to offer and try to build build that data that database that you can go back to i love that it, that's really good advice and it seems basic but it is the smartest advice that you will hear and write it down or record it because yeah. 10 10 years down the road you will forget it or less depending on how old you are <laughs> i know it for me it'll be a year but oh is that your research notebook? That's yeah, just the Bigfoot sightings. Bigfoot sightings. <gasps> For West Virginia only? Mm-hmm. And it's probably not, none of that is online. Yeah, most of those you can find them up on my. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Unless they're, unless I, you know, they didn't want me to, uh, to publish yeah, it. Cool, cool. Yeah, most of them would be, I you, love that. You have to search through my Facebook page, but yeah, they're on there. Um, our friend Gabe says, before you go, I want to say great interview. Take care, guys, and have a great night. Thank you for hanging out, Gabe. Let's before, you, Gabe. before you do go, remind our listeners that are here in the podcast, all that good stuff, how they can keep up to date with what you're doing and what they should, uh, what things you put out, things of that nature. Uh, you can always follow my page. It's WV Cryptids and Strange Encounters mm-hmm. uh, on Facebook. Uh, that's basically all I have. I don't do instagram i don't do any of that other stuff uh same way with it same same title on the youtube channel you can watch them i mean i people tell me that they enjoy them but i i just do i don't try to put any frills or anything i just go out and what i do i record and it's good stuff you know just straight up i just do it real i guess i don't put any flashy stuff on it um if you have an experience in west virginia you can reach out to me on Facebook page, or you can email me at uh, WVCase304 at yahoo.com. Nice, and, nice. And if you're interested in buying the book, you can find that uh, right now. You can you know get it on Amazon. But uh, uh, if you want to message me or Mark uh, and want one signed, you know, we are, we will be buying some, you know, ordering more. I'm just out now. I don't know. I don't think Mark has any at this moment either. Uh, but yeah, if we can always uh, make arrangements, you know, when we get some in. Fantastic. Well, yeah, definitely. And it doesn't cost anything to describe, subscribe to YouTube. So subscribe to his YouTube and also this one too. But a plug for your YouTube. We didn't even talk about the time that you uh, researched into the sighting of a potential prehistoric creature. We're not even going to get into that. You have to go to Les's YouTube to watch that amazing video. And uh, definitely we'll be having you uh, back on, hopefully, in the future uh, to talk about your, your future exploits. But thank you so much, Les, for, for coming on, and uh, have a great night, Paul. Well, thank you for having me, and, and everybody have a good night. 
Thanks for taking your time out of your busy day and spending some time with us. Uh, go ahead and uh, subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Leave a review on iTunes, uh, Stitcher, and uh, your preferred podcast platform. And um, if you have any stories, you can give us an email at bigfootsociety at gmail.com. And again, check out the articles we have and more preferred book lists at bigfootsocietypodcast.com. You can always go to Instagram at Bigfoot Society. And we have a TikTok now. It gets pretty crazy there. Bigfoot, Bigfoot.society at Bigfoot.society. Thanks again for taking your time listening to the Bigfoot Society podcast. We'll see you next week. Uh, next Saturday will be a new episode. And also, if you want to take part in the live taping of the episode and put your questions in there for the guest, just remember, subscribe to the Bigfoot Society YouTube channel and hit the bell so you don't miss out on any of those episodes. Thanks again, all, and we'll see you next time. The views and opinions expressed are those of the guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of Bigfoot Society. Any content provided by our guests are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone. Thank you.